Welcome to Language Chats. This is a podcast for language lovers in Australia and beyond, where we share our experiences of language learning with you, as well as the stories of other Australians and a few international guests who love learning, working with and communicating with other languages. I'm Beck, And I'm Penny. And welcome to another episode of Language Chats. It's great to be with you again. And in this episode, we have a guest joining us. Hi, Jess. Hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's so great to have you here. Um, Jess, you are a big Instagrammer and blogger and YouTuber and people might have come across you as Aussie in Asia on Instagram. Would you like to tell us and to tell everyone listening a little bit about what you're doing and I guess your your background with languages? I'm currently working in Korea actually. I'm teaching English and I've been here for just over three years. And prior to that, I <laughs> prior to that, I majored in Chinese and I actually spent some time in China. Mind blank, who am I? <laughs> <laughs> big question at the start. It's always a big question. Big question. <laughs> actually, my first language learning experience wasn't really a formal one. When I was a toddler, I lived in Papua New Guinea, so I had a lot of exposure to Pidgin English. And yeah, but sadly, I let that go. <laughs> and then when I was in primary school, we had to choose between learning French and Chinese. I think a lot of schools are similar. And we got to trial each one for about six months, I think. And then in grade four, I decided to choose Chinese. And there was no real special reason for it other than the teacher was a family friend and she said we would have no homework. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reason. <laughs> I love that. That's a very, a very primary school reason to, to, <laughs> to yeah. choose a language to like, go for it. <laughs> then I kind of, I just, I kept with it for a long time. And then I think in grade 10, I stopped briefly. I cho chose some other subjects, but then I came back to it again. And then I majored in Chinese in uni. I eventually majored in Chinese in uni after trying a few different other subjects and courses. And yeah. So, <laughs> so after uni, did you find yourself in China or did you go to China during uni or when did the... I for both. <laughs> I did some study abroad exchange things <laughs> while I was still in uni, so I got credits for those. And then when I graduated, I went to China for one more year on a Confucius Institute scholarship where I just studied Chinese full-time for another year. And which city Which city were you in? <laughs> when I after I graduated or... All oh, of all of yeah, all of them, yeah. <laughs> I, I was in Beijing for a year and then Nanjing for a semester and then in Taipei in National Changchun University for one semester too. Oh, I love, I love hearing about <laughs> people's experiences when they've, when they've actually done um, study both in China and in Taiwan because – it's it is a different experience, a different environment, different you know, different characters, different vocab, different accents, all these kind of things. How did you find your time? You know, Beijing, Nanjing, and Taipei, like as a I, 
think they are so different in many ways. <laughs> But ta- Taipei was the first city I really went to on my like full time exchange. I'd been to a few other Chinese cities before then. But it was my first real exchange experience, and I loved it so much. I just, from the very first moment, I just, I fell in love with Taipei and Taiwan. I'm the same. <laughs> <laughs> I won't say too much more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like Penny. When I've heard you talk about Taipei before, too, it always makes me think, "Oh, wouldn't that be a fun place to go on a holiday?" For sure, I do it, it back so one day. One day. <laughs> one day we will get there. So, um, Jess, tell just for everybody else's benefit too, who's listening. Um, whereabouts in Australia did you grow up? I grew up in Harvey Bay, which is near Brisbane, near Fraser Island. Not sure if you know of it. <laughs> yeah, it's a yep. beautiful place. Lots of whales. <laughs> Lots of whales. Ah,、oh, it sounds like paradise. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean,、Imagine. really, it's a, like a small—not a small town, but you know,、oh, it's not a、yeah. major city. And、yeah. you had <laughs> access to, you know, learning Chinese in primary school, and I mean, that's really awesome. And it's not—not not every. Town or city, even that gets access to that. That's de- yeah. De- <laughs> so that's that was a really good experience. I think looking back,、yeah. do you feel like that kind of set you off on the direction that you ended up taking? I think it did. Even though, if I'm being honest, when I graduated, my Chinese still was pretty <laughs> below average. I think it still set me on the path. Like I gained interest in Chinese because of it.、Yeah. And what apart from? So obviously, you've had some really great experiences being able to travel and use your languages while, or study even while you've been traveling.、Um, what else about Chinese has you know really got you interested in the first place? Like, what about it? Were there particular features of the language that really interested you? I don't know. It's it's a hard one to say, but I think I also just enjoy writing the characters. It's just very therapeutic. So I know even in uni, I majored in business and Chinese, and I pretty much neglected a lot of my business just while studying for Chinese because it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. So now that you're in Korea, and you said you've been there for three years already now, yeah.、Um, tell us about Korean. I mean, what a what an awesome language, and and what a what a follow up language to choose after Chinese. <laughs> Korean is so interesting. Like, first they have the Hangul, the alphabet system, which is super scientific, as they say. Like, very methodical, very easy to learn and logical. So you can learn the alphabet very quickly, relatively quickly. And then the next thing is that the grammar is very different to English and Chinese. And a lot of other languages that I've learned, or in general, I haven't learned that many. But, <laughs> but English is what S V O, right?、Mm-hmm. So subject verb object for anybody who doesn't know what that means. Yeah. And Korean is subject object verb. So my、oh. mind just like kind of like Japanese, right? I think. I think Korean and Japanese grammar are very very similar.、Mm. Even all the particles and everything. Very similar, so it's just confusing. Even now, I sometimes don't know 
I know what I want to say, but I don't know how to express it. Just because my mind can't catch up. And the uh, the words and the verbs get yep. put in the in the wrong spot. <laughs> yep. So did you arrive in Korea there to to teach English? That was there. That was your main reason for going. Yeah. Did you have any Korean language under your belt before you arrived, or did you come in straight with <laughs> with I zero? Had, I luckily I had some. I was about if we're going like I was about an A one or A two low low A two. So I knew lots of some. I knew some vocabulary. And I could kind of hear certain words, but I couldn't understand most things. That's still pretty good, though, isn't it, to um, arrive with that kind of low A2 level. And then um, I know that as part of what you you post on your Insta and your YouTube is I love that you, you talk about, you know, your routine and your goals for the month and and, you know, you're recapping the year and all these kind of things. And I know that um, the proficiency exams that you've taken have been a, a big part of of that as well for both Chinese, the HSK, and the topic um, exams for Korean. Um, how, do you, how do you find, like, studying for exams? Because there's so, you know, there's positives and, and negatives about assessing your language proficiency using these types of tests because, I mean, for the HSK, there's – there's no set kind of speaking assessment. At least I haven't done that. Um, what's it like for the topic? Is there is it a bit more broad or is it still quite narrow oh. in terms of what they assess? <laughs> topic is, I think, hmm. <laughs> topic is very different to HSK in that HSK has specific exams for each level. So one, two, three, four, five, six at least up until now, I think. I know they're changing it, but they have specific exams for each level. So you just prepare for your exact level. But topic, they only have two exams. They have beginner, and then they have intermediate and advanced together. So your score depends on how, like, your result depends on your score. So how, how many points you get, you'll then be divided into your level. Oh, that makes sense. It does. I didn't never actually realize that. So that that yeah. is a bit different, isn't it? So if you're a high level, it doesn't feel too bad because <laughs> most of the stuff is very easy. Because topic it gradually gets harder as the exam goes. So the first section is very easy. The last is the hardest. But if your level is low, if you're aiming for about a three, it's incredibly difficult. That must be um, that must be quite intimidating, and especially yeah. I guess it, exams and proficiency exams in general can be for lots of people a really a really scary and stressful yeah. experience. Um, when you when you have done those exams in the past, how how has that felt to you? Like ha- has it been has it been quite stressful? But then have you come out at the end being like, oh well, that was quite helpful, and I learned a lot from it, or? Um, you know, what? how do you see them form a part of your learning experience? I think that's a really good question. Now my views on language exams have also changed a bit. I'm trying not to focus so much on them mm. as it can be very easy to burn out. For me, language 
exams are only a short-term goal, not really a long-term goal. Otherwise, I burn out very easily. And even if I'm just taking it for fun and don't actually need the score, I still end up giving myself pressure. <laughs> mm, of course. But, it's understandable. I think when there's an exam yeah. involved, it's hard not to <laughs> hard yeah. not to give yourself pressure. Yeah. Um so no, that's a that's a very yeah. understandable situation so now, to be in. Yeah. I've just been working on just doing a little bit every day, not cramming, just consistency, I think. Aim for actual improvement, not focusing on the exam result. Mm. is what I'm trying to do now. So I know that you've been learning other languages as well. Could you tell us what else is in your language learning <laughs> repertoire? <laughs> so my main focus, my absolute language baby is Chinese and then Korean. These are the two which I would like to maintain and get to a quite high levels. And then I'm just dabbling, just purely dabbling for fun in Spanish and occasionally Arabic. Ooh. Very, very oh, how fun! But what a nice been, array of I languages. <laughs> very different. All four of them very different, yeah. Yeah. How do you find, how do you find um, learning a European language, like a, a romance language like Spanish compared to having previously studied um, obviously, you know, Asian <laughs> languages like Korean and Chinese. I'm loving it. It's <laughs> there's so much in common with English, of course. So much shared vocabulary, and I'm just I haven't actually done any formal study. I've just been having a lesson with a tutor, just conversation lesson, once a week, usually. I've been slacking lately. But I haven't actually been studying any grammar or anything. But it's just so fun. <laughs> you can just pick up so much and just have fun with it without overly stressing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. With um, I guess with languages where you do have, a, you know, when there's a bit more in common with English on the vocabulary side and, you know, sometimes even the grammar um, side of things, it's a lot easier to get talking quickly. Yeah. Like you can, you can kind of fumble your way through even the really early stages once you've learnt some of the basics. I definitely, um, sorry, I definitely <laughs> do fumble a lot. <laughs> My grammar is terrible, but I'm just having fun with it. Yeah, love that. And plus, fun is the key. It's like you should be having fun, right, while you're yeah. learning something that is just, you know, it's for no particular aim. Yeah. yeah, exactly, for a hobby. It's different, isn't it, when you're – because you're based in Korea and you need the language to function and to live and to to get about your day-to-day -day life it must Spanish would definitely have a different place in your in your life because it is it is probably much more of a a fun <laughs> a fun language yeah. <laughs> um tell us about I mean this is a bit off topic but not really but tell us a little bit about like teaching English and your career and, and teaching in Korea it's it's something really interesting and I reckon a lot of people if they haven't had the experience before have probably thought about doing it. I'm working at a kindergarten and I'm actually the only English teacher there so everyone else is Korean with varying levels of English. So basically I'm fully immersed in Korean every day 
So it's a great opportunity yeah. to learn Korean. As as far as I know, I think nearly every other like, English school in Korea is mostly foreigners, mostly native teachers, and they just speak English all day. But I'm speaking Korean every day with all the other teachers, and I only speak English to the kids. So, wow, that is a great experience. It does sound different to what I imagined <laughs> it would be yeah. like. Yeah. It's also like the best kind of immersion. Yeah, I got lucky in terms of immersion. (laughs) At the start, it was very, very draining and very tired, tiring, very tiring. But I think that's one of the reasons that I was able to learn a lot of Korean and my listening is pretty good. Mm, Mm. Definitely. So your role then is to speak to the kids in English as a native yep. speaker yep. and um, be there as their English English teacher. Yeah. yeah. And everything else is in Korean. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Have you yeah, had any crazy. other teaching experiences? Like did you teach in China as well or in Taiwan? I, I never taught full time, but I had little tutoring, tutoring gigs here and there. Is that something you might look at doing again in the future, teaching – in other countries or in or are you are you pretty much stuck on career at the moment? Unsure, <laughs> <laughs> sure, but I'm stuck here for a while. Well, Korea sounds like a great place to be based and to, you know, to be practicing your Korean. I mean, learning Korean, speaking every day in the workplace. What a what a great experience. Absolutely. Um, do you have any for anybody out there who might be listening and is thinking of learning Korean? Um, or for that matter, learning Mandarin Chinese, given that, um, you know, it sounds like you are genuinely proficient in both um, at this stage. Even if you're still learning, that's okay. Um, do you have any tips for, for people and how they can get started? Or perhaps if they have already started but they're wanting to maybe take their level a little bit further? I think no matter which language you're learning, you have to find ways to keep it fun. I think... Without the fun aspect, it's very hard to keep motivated and keep learning and showing up every day. I think if you make it fun, it's a lot easier to be consistent and have good study habits. And for Chinese, if you're learning, I recommend focusing on pinyin. Focus on your pronunciation from the very beginning. Do not do what I did and avoid it until you're at a high level and then have to fix all your mistakes. So focus a lot on pronunciation. And also for whichever language you're learning, try to get as much native input as possible. Reading, listening, if that's too hard, you can listen to slower content made for learners, graded readers, these kinds of things, just as much content as possible. Do you have any favorite resources for learning Korean? I think Talk to Me in Korean is quite popular, but now I'm mainly just reading books and using native content. But I like the I like the Munhwaga Innen Hangogo Ilki. It's like a cultural reading book. It has like okay. fun. <laughs> fun things <laughs> or like like a bit of a history and lifestyle yeah. and and uh, traditions okay. and that kind of stuff oh 
that sounds good. So you can a little bit of learning about, you know, other stuff while you're reading. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So um, language plans or language kind of goals for this year, um, Chinese is still your or it's come back as your kind of focus, hasn't it? Come back. Yeah. So last year I really – I focused only or mainly – like 90% on Korean, I wanted to get my level to a very solid conversational, solid level where I could survive. But now Chinese has come back and I want to really improve my tones, improve my speaking, my pronunciation. And then I want to read one book a month and listen to one audiobook a month. And that's mm-hmm. it. That's amazing that and actually really impressive because I struggle to read a book in English once a month. <laughs> Really once every two months. They get distracted. <laughs> no, that's amazing. What a nice goal. Do you have like lots of good, like where do you even find your, do you have recommendations for books, for example? Like do you have friends who can who can like tell you, oh, this is a really good one, you should read this? Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> the root of all fun things yep. these days. And then, you know, one, once you find one, you can go on to like the the book website and then other recommendations pop up it Mm. just and do you read it in uh simplified or traditional characters what's your preference well preference (laughs) but no i read in both i read in both whatever i can get yeah but i've been Mm. reviewing practicing traditional lately okay cool well that's gross Amazing. Um, and how about anything for Spanish and Arabic as well? Are they featuring in 2022? Spanish, I've been trying to have a weekly lesson, but it's gone down to one, once a fortnight. Just Spanish is just whenever I want to do it, I will do it. No pressure. Mm. I want to keep it fun. Arabic is also no pressure. I want to keep it fun, but it's so difficult. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so yeah. hard. I, I How do you stop- find this learning the script for Arabic um, for Arabic compared to learning the scripts for Chinese and Korean? Okay, Chinese doesn't really compare as mm-hmm. Chinese. They have individual characters for each word, each syllable. Mm-hmm. So that's in its all in its own ballpark. That. <laughs> Yep. And then Korean, the Korean alphabet is much easier because if you can read it, there are very, very, very few irregular words. Like oh. it's all, there, there are so many rules. If you can read it, that's usually how it is. Mm. But, okay, that's good. Yeah. So it's but, quite consistent. Yeah, very consistent. Not what's the, <laughs> forgetting <laughs> English. <laughs> That's a great sign. I love it when people forget because it's just like it shows what's happening in your brain. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> but but for Arabic, they keep they remove the short vowels. So you kind of have to memorize each word as far as I know. My level is very low. But you have to, like, memorize what it should be. They, but they don't have the short vowels. So you're like, is it like ah uh. ah or e or e? I don't know. You have to know what it is for the word. Um. I think that's quite difficult. 
But I guess、mm. maybe similar like with English, for new words you don't always know how to pronounce them. Yeah, we have to actually that、it. that is true. Yeah. Also, from I I did also dabble in just like trying to learn a little bit of the Arabic <laughs> script a while ago, and I remember something that I found really difficult to understand too was that letters were written differently depending on where they appear in the sentence.、Mm, right. Like, like at the start it, it and can middle. Look diff- and exactly. Which yeah. um yeah complicated. That does sound complicated. Yeah. yeah it's, it's <laughs> not a reason not to learn though. No. Could be a fun challenge. No. Go for it. You can do it. <laughs> You're a very own like language cheerleader. I love it. I love oh, it. Oh yeah, that's what I'm here for. I'm like pom poms. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Yay. You can do it, guys. Everybody <laughs> learn languages. I think are fun. <laughs> But no, Arabic is difficult. I started Arabic and Spanish. No, I started Spanish a little after Arabic, and my Spanish is much better.、Yeah. Arabic, <laughs> I just I don't have the time or the energy or commitment for right now. Yeah, yeah, and that's I don't know if I ever will. That's all. It's all all the reasons, isn't it? If you don't have the reasons, then yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly right. So nice to talk to you. Thank you for making the time. Before we do let you go,、um, could you let everybody know where they can find you online and where they can see what you're up to, see what you're doing, follow your language learning journeys? Yay! Sure, thank you. You can find me on Instagram at Aussie in Asia, and on YouTube you can find me at Mindful Lang. And I think Mindful Lang. That's it. <laughs> you have、Lovely. you have great videos and great content. We love it. <laughs> <laughs> We'll make sure that links to all of the places where you can find Jess are in the show notes as well. So if you、um, do want to just click on down, then you can. Yay! And while we're talking about dabbling and having fun, you might have realised that、uh, the month of March is the Language Dabble Challenge for Language Lovers AU. So if you are not in the Language Lovers AU Community Facebook group, you might want to jump on in there and join us this month for a fun. Very low key, low pressure, low commitment, dabble challenge. And Beck,、exactly. what are you dabbling in this month? So this month, so some of you who have already listened to previous episodes of this podcast will know that my plan was always to dabble in Russian. Now,、um, there are obviously some pretty significant world events happening at the moment, and I have decided to expand my dabblescape,、um, which is what I'm calling it now. <laughs> what are you calling、um, it? A dabble. My dabblescape,、oh, like landscape, but dabblescape. I love it. Okay. Yep.、Um, I have decided to expand that to Ukrainian because I think that basically my main goal is to learn how to read Cyrillic. Yep.、Um, and both of those languages use the Cyrillic alphabet, so I figured this is a good time to learn the alphabet and learn a bit about both languages、um, because I'm curious. I can't wait to hear more about both and to see you in action with Cyrillic. I think that'll be really exciting. Thank you. I'm excited. What、Yay! about you, Penny?、Um, Indonesian for me this month. So、Yay! a pretty new language for me, other than a semester as a very non-disciplined, ill-disciplined child <laughs> when I did one semester. <laughs> so I'm back now. I'm an adult. I'm much more responsible. So I'm sure I'll learn. <laughs> But、oh. I can't wait. It'll be great.、Uh, same. I can't wait to see how you go. Jess, you should join us in the Facebook group and have a have a dabble at. You know another language that you haven't done before. 
Or, or dabble in a language that you are just like already dabbling in. True. Can also do that. Put you on the spot, mm-hmm. but what would you choose if you could choose to dabble in something? Hmm. Hmm. Does Spanish count as a dabble? Is that a dabble? Or I, should, of course it is. Yeah. Oh. Why not? Up to what you. counts Pre- as a double. Oh, personal interpretation, <laughs> I think. Exactly right. Again, low pressure, low commitment. Mm. We're not making any rules for this, really, okay, okay. except that it's happening in the month of May. <laughs> the month of March. <laughs> March. Oh, my goodness. I cannot get dates right at the moment. If anybody listened to the last episode, I said it was 2020. It's definitely 2022. And like I just said May when it is March. Oh, my goodness. Poor girl. My head is all over the place. <laughs> Well, Jess, we might see you dabbling in Spanish and thank you again for joining us and thank you for everyone listening, um, tuning in for another episode of Language Chats. We will catch you another fortnight and if you would like to connect with us at all, please don't forget about the Facebook group and you can also find us on um, Instagram, languagelovers.au and on Facebook as well. Amazing. And we will see you all next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Jess. Thanks, Jess. Great to have Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.